Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for another classic episode of Lulz. Who knows what the next hour will bring, but Brian Hooper and I will be here chopping it up about all things DFS, sports betting, and everything else under that sun. Let's do it. I, does he think... I think he thinks goat. this. He thinks this is a goat. Vegas Dave thinks this is a goat. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type <laughs> in one for yes, two for no. And let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. All right. Lulz, Brian, the question everyone wants to know, how many big board drafts have you ripped already? Are you close to maxing? Maxed it out. Maxed it out already. Nice. Um, I've done zero so far. Okay. You, you and me, handshake emoji, zero. I'm, I'm abstaining. I, I'm abstaining here for a little while. Um, so big, what's that? Big board is for next year. Yeah. But. I'm assuming it's going to fill pretty early. And so it's kind of just like people, all the people have the same amount of information. It's not going to go till. Yeah. I, the, the latest it would go uh, would be before it, it will officially lock before the NFL draft, but I agree with you. It will likely fill. I mean, it's, it's been open for what a day and a half, two days, and it's already almost a 5% filled. So. Yeah. So I don't think, uh, as far as like the degenerate level of best ball before the Super Bowl is even over, um, it's up there, but it's before the draft. Everyone's got the same. It's just a gamble. Yeah, I just I just like legitimately needed uh, need a break. And normally we had a built in break. Underdog normally launched it the week of the Super Bowl, so there was a, a, at least a couple weeks relative to right now. Um, but this is how you determine if you're a sick pup or not. And I've, I realize, Brian, I, I'm a sick pup, but I'm not the sickest of pups. The sickest of pups are drafting right now. There is no, um, no rationale, you know, uh, that basketball bros can't like convince themselves of believing at any moment of any draft that no, see the edge is you draft early because <laughs> the information isn't all there. And you know, more than you oh, doesn't matter what the time. I think the uh, I think if if I was if I were to be charitable on what I would think the edge is right now, I think it would be not even there would be twofold, and it would all center around rookies. It would be deep into the prospect lab, kind of understand what these guys did in college, what their prospect profile points to, and then also I think if you were out there aggregating mock draft data. In just having a general vicinity of these are round two running backs, these are round three running backs, knowing draft capital often leads to earlier fantasy production, and just kind of having a gauge on which of these rookies are going to go earlier in drafts. I think those two things are probably your biggest edge because we do have the rookies in here, and we know rookies are almost always a staple of winning best ball teams. You need to be mixing them in. If I hop in a draft right now, I would know like four of them. Mm. I know more than that, Pete. Come on now. Okay. All right. I'm going to quiz you. Name five rookie skill position players in this draft class. Well, you got the QBs, right? So Caleb, You can't just say QBs. You got to say the names. Caleb Williams, Jalen Daniels, and May, M-A-Y-E. What's his name? You first? only know this because you're a Bears fan? Yes. Okay. Shit. You're Brock Bowers. Fuck you. Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, my God. That's like the top five, right? Holy shit. I'm legit stunned. Like, you knowing the quarterbacks, I'm like, fine. You're a hardcore Bears fan. You bleed, you know, uh, orange and blue and whatever the colors are. But you knowing Brock Bowers. How do you know Brock Bowers, Brian? 
Um, because the Bears might trade the picks. So you got to kind of know like well, who's around the top nine, who who could they drop down to and get. Every, see, the, the chat is is going wild. They, uh, they're they all as impressed as I am. Mm-hmm. Are you going to become like a, a dynasty football rookie thought leader this year via your Bears fandom? I'm pivoting. Yeah, I'm going to pivot to <laughs> – to the season long, season long, uh, you know, Twitter environment seems very friendly. <laughs> there's no, there's no cheating going on or payout issues. So like, why wouldn't I want to get involved in, in that, in that world? Yeah, we, we cleared, you know, a week ago, uh, we were talking about the NFFC scandal that we kind of broke over on ship chasing, which by the way, I got a comment. Uh, it was on, it was a late comment on our show last week which had a ton of views, by the way. It had like 6,000 views for, for that show. And someone goes that the NFFC scandal affected 1,499 people. Why does anyone care? <laughs> he goes, who cares? Why, why would anyone care? I was like, well, I'm not even going to argue that with you, but I will say, you know, 17,000 people watched the initial video, 6,000 people watched ours, the audio downloads. So it does seem in general that people care about this stuff. But to your point, Brian, you're talking about the season long fantasy drama. There's an account, I believe the guy's name is Elvin, and he was shorted his $100 second or third place uh, payout in a season long league on sleeper with a couple other, I guess, familiar faces in the fantasy space. At least they were followed by some people. And apparently the commissioner is stiffing. This guy has not paid out the winnings. It's of course been what over a month since these should have been paid out. And, um, he's made a meal of it on Twitter, uh, posting phone calls. There's been death threats. Um, I went to the account. There was about a million retweets, a lot going on over there, Brian. Yeah, was it only a hundred? I thought it was more than that. I thought I believe the entire prize pool was twelve hundred. So I'm guessing it was a twelve person league with a hundred dollar buy-in, okay. and then guessing tiered prizes for second and third. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then that was even lower than I thought for this uh, for that reaction. I can't imagine the guy now that it's that low. I thought it was a fifteen hundred dollar payout. So now that I'm wrong on that, I can't imagine that guy can't pony up a hundred bucks or 1200 bucks even right but yeah i there was a lot going on uh i didn't have like the appetite and the thirst for consuming this scandal in the way it seems like other people did but in my scanning of it it seems like he is a guy who's potentially busto uh who has a history of debts and scamming and is just ghosting these people for 1200 dollars. but it does seem like for someone who wants to be in the industry, I went to the guy's bio and he has like Scott Fishbowl hashtags in there, you know, this big pro-am community event. It seems like a weird thing to publicly torture a reputation on. Like how down bad do you have to be to like burn it all down, even if it's a modest following for $1,200? You have to be pretty down bad for that. Yeah, yeah. This And the strategy doesn't make a whole lot of sense to. He also was like, um, he was doing like a lot of classic uh you know, deadbeat things like, well, if you say something, I'm not going to pay you. And it's, <laughs> if you keep asking me, I'm not going to pay you. It's like, what? Or, or, he, or he go, you know, you said something about somebody else and I'm doing this to defend them. You know, that sort of, that sort of bullshit. Um, and that, that little amount of money this late, he's like, clearly, he's clearly stiffing them. Maybe he'll pay him back now that it's so it's so public but that phone call like i couldn't even listen to it it was too long i couldn't yeah. either it was like eight, an eight minute phone call i kept fast forwarding it and he like had the same amount of energy like eight minutes in and i'm like th- i was hoping he would like finally calm down and be like but he like wouldn't answer any questions or anything and just kept making some you know interesting what? insults do you know what I wanted the guy to do who was, you know, getting threatened? The guy who posted the phone call. I wanted him to play along with the be a gentleman thing. And I just wanted him to just all of a sudden get like very prim and proper. Yes, sir. I I, I apologize for everything. I Like I wanted him to take his bait because it seemed like the line of thinking was as long as you start becoming a gentleman, gentleman. and make a very formal request, you will be Venmo post haste, sir. 
And right. so I, I kind of wanted him to lean into that angle and see if that was true because he was kind of just arguing. He's bringing up, you know, minuscule things like death threats and stuff like that. And it's like, why don't you just play his game and be a goddamn gentleman? Yeah. And I'll apologize to Britt. I don't know if that's a girl or a dude. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll publicly apologize. But like the guy wouldn't calm down. But like it would be nice <laughs> if he tried that. Like, like, listen, listen, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will publicly apologize to Britt. I will. And, and, but that money. And then, and then uh, the mail, he's going to mail him, <laughs> mail him the money like it's 1998. The Pony Express delivering your $100 third place fantasy check. I'll tell you what, uh, again, I think his name is Elvin. Uh, if you ever get this money, you got to frame it. It's like the people, yeah. you know, the, the entrepreneurs who frame their first check. They're like, this was my first one from McDonald's, you know, $6.93 in 1939. You got to frame that. I mean, that is... That's not just currency anymore. I mean, you went through a journey to get that hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a bit. If it's a hundred bucks, you gotta post that on, uh, on your wall somewhere in your in your in your fantasy football dungeon or uh, office. It's a story you could tell forever. Uh, I love. I sent you like one of the comments of some someone tweeted like, "Well, if it's in the rules that he only pays gentlemen." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we can we get the bylaws posted? Man, it is like. It is just wild. I mean, I now play in so few home leagues and the people I do play with. Um, it has been for so long uh, that I guess because this seemed like almost quasi you kind of know people or they're like friends of friends because generally it's like don't give money to people you don't fully trust, right? Like that would kind of be your rule of thumb. You were talking about, you know, getting cheated in, you know, home poker games and stuff. It's like, if you're just playing poker with your buddies, you're probably good. If you're going to a random private game where you don't know anyone, then you maybe start to need to worry. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't understand the point of it either. Well, I guess these guys kind of seemed like industry people, like the majority of them. That's what it's always hard to tell with that. Yeah. It seemed like people knew each other. The guy, the guy that's the scammer that was the commissioner. Like I think he had a few thousand Twitter followers, so he wasn't like a total anon. That's definitely a uh, um, area of Twitter that I've never gone in. Is the season long? Like I'm because I bet they've been around forever, and to get like four thousand followers from you know like old school season long, where there's like like how could you even prove you're good? Oh, yeah. I won my home like 10 years in a row. I don't think people build follower. Like, it's very different from DFS, right? Like, if you're a hot DFS player and you're getting banks and you have a Twitter account, you know, and someone writes you up in the the DFS newsletter or whatever, like, you could pick up some followers of like, oh, I'll see if this guy will drop a nugget. That's not not how it works in the season long. I think you just become a community bro. You interact with a lot of people on there. You support other shows. And then that flywheel, you know, gets you a certain amount of followers. That makes sense because a lot of them had that like almost one to one ratio. Like they follow 2,500 people and they have 2,500 followers, that type of thing. Yeah. But they had a lot of hashtags of, of you know, season long stuff that I had no clue existed. Yeah. It's, it is wild. Like uh, going back to, you know, a lot of people put Scott Fishbowl in their profiles. And again, like that is, it's a free, community event it raises money for charity it's kind of like this fun harmless thing that you know is is you know fun for the the entire industry and like you're you're spotlighting that right you're saying like i'm a part of this i want my brand to be associated with this charitable thing and i'm going to litter my bio with it but i'm going to also be the type of the person that threatens a man's family over him wanting his $100 that he won like that to, i know humans contain multitudes but there's a level of dissonance there that's even hard for me to wrap my head around. Yes. He it makes it makes no no sense too. Cause if you are the scammer, I don't know. I don't even know how you get out of it. Maybe you just freak it, freak out. You probably are pretty low IQ to get yourself in that situation to begin with. Well, isn't isn't it just being isn't there something weird about that where the guy, like if you want to be a good scammer, you just ghost, right? You just ghost. You don't answer the calls. You don't do anything. It's just toodles. I got your money and you're screaming into the void. The whole reason this goes viral is because now you're on camera unhinged, like spewing all of these verbal assaults. It's just so weird to me. It was almost like 
he not only did he want to be a scammer, he's busto and doesn't have the money, but he also really wanted to make this guy pay for not being a gentleman or not going about requesting his money, which is like a very big dad energy thing. Like we also need to teach you a lesson here. And it's like, dude, just be a good scammer and just yeah. sail off into the sunset. I hit, I'm, I'm, cause I got scammed a bunch of times, especially in poker. And I'm remembering two specific ones that were like combined, like 20 grand, probably maybe, maybe somewhere around there. And the one guy who I had, he was like 10, 15 grand. He did what you said. He, he just, I think he moved to Vegas and I, and I caught <laughs> that guy how to play poker too. Like he owed me everything. He just fucking bailed. And then the other one, the, this one was off. This guy was like, he clearly has like, like king of like he was just like a great scammer or he had some personality disorder but he tried to like reason with me to get more so like he would call me on the phone and talk to me so what hang on set the stage for me were you just playing on credit or he was playing on credit with poker that that one the second guy i uh i i uh i uh gave him money like lent him money staked him or something i can't remember specific details but i i gave him money um I, I thought he was another pro. Mm. And uh, like this was because this was post. This was like the beginning after right after 2011, I think I I, I might be mixing. But like the smaller sites, it was kind of hard to because like poker stars, like, you know, everybody, you know, like, you know, yeah. who the pros are and stuff. And I and he was playing like pretty high stakes on these small sites for a long time. And so I figured he was just one of the poker stars guys now who can't play in poker stars like me. And um and you know, and then he, he he played me like a fucking fiddle, you know, and like we 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 talked and blah blah blah, but like he didn't know, like I knew the back end guy who who was running the site, and um he like told me like showed me like the hands and he was like dumping money heads up, and so, so basically like washing your money. Yeah, 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 and so like he could like, hey, look, I sh- I showed you I play, I'm playing it. heads up. Yeah, you know, and he was a six max player. Why are you playing heads up? Like I didn't agree to that. You know, just like all he was just just a fucking just a pro scammer. And he got and he got some money out of me. And but like but I was talking, but like he he wasn't, you know, he was so good. Like he's like, no, here's how you do it. You like call him, you talk to him, and you like take the hit, and you just you know you just make all these excuses. Like man, I was yeah. I know I shouldn't have played heads up, but like I was really running bad. I'm like, but he doesn't know. Like I have the fucking hand history. You know, like yeah. Um, yeah. And I sounded pretty close to that guy, by the way. I like just freaking out on him because I was like, the money's gone. Like, I'm never getting it back, you know, like, so that's I'm just what like, I'm upset about. Uh, there's just so many ways to be a better scammer. You know, I'm putting myself inside this commissioner's shoes. Like one thing I do with uh, with my leagues is, you know, I, I do this dynasty league. So it's every year. And basically, if you win money, I take out your subsequent years dues from that so if you won the league for a thousand bucks or whatever i'm going to keep the 900 now you're all settled up for the following year so i'm thinking if i'm this guy you know say like oh hey elvin i'm just keeping your hundred dollars uh for next year you're good your dues are good hey buddy just chill out you're good for next year like do something that is like vaguely justifiable calling him up and uh threatening his life seemed like a an uh, angle i would not have taken that yeah that is way too smart i think an answer for this fucking guy i mean what else? that's that's a good one i can't think of another one i mean the the sending the sending i'm gonna send it to you in the mail that's pretty good that's the no that is the lowest iq scammer response come on the, the, the only reason that part is good is because you buy yourself a lot of time it's like the you know it's like the dog ate my homework of i'll get you the money where it's like hey man U.S. postal system. It just ain't what it used to be, man. I, you can, you <laughs> use the accountant, I guess. You go like, yeah. my accountant wants me to write checks. Like, I know it's stupid, but it'll be there in six to 12 weeks. <laughs> Insane. So what what was your other uh, getting scammed? You said you got scammed uh, twice. I got, I got scammed way more than twice. But the, the oh. two that stick out was the other guy did what you said. Like, I... I, uh, I was looking for people to stake and I went through his hand histories and he was, he was pretty good. I could tell he was okay. And he plays a lot and he practices. So mm-hmm. I figured if I could teach him for a few weeks, he might be good enough to make some money and, and stake and 
back then there was rake like rake back deals and stuff. So like you get rake back on them too. Um, and I, I, whatever it was the poker days. It was stupid, but um, yeah. So I so I did. I taught him, and he and he turned into a winning player. I was right, and he built a he built the roll up to like fifteen twenty grand, and he just like couldn't part with it. Like I guess, and then he just ghosted me and moved to Vegas or something. I know, and I never heard from. Him. Yeah, and it's then. So what are your because then you had. Because now, someone joked in the chat, Brick's libertarian origin story here. I mean, now you like you default to being like very skeptical of anything involving money, or like you don't default to assuming people are good actors. Basically, if it involves money and gambling, is that fair? I I mean, I I think real gamblers are 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 like pretty honorable. Like you could trust way more money with them than uh, you know your dude on the street yeah yes but but yeah if you're playing you know i mean for the amount of money we all play for on sites or at home games or whatever like i think it's just a good strategy to default assume like there could be shenanigans going on in any of these games just to protect yourself but yeah. I don't think get like gamblers as a whole, I think gamblers as a whole are probably generally better at paying money back. That's been my experience. Um, than just some dude who needs like, if you're, you know, someone, you know, needs $1,500, you're probably never getting it back. Right. <laughs> but like a gambler is usually almost always going to pay you back. And especially if they're like a true professional gambler, they're going to pay back. Yeah. I mean, just for me, psychologically, like I hate having, debts over you know my head like it just it weighs on you like even this something as simple as like a hundred dollar prop bet or something on the side <laughs> like i mean I, I i told the story on my uh portfolio review when i was out in palm springs last weekend i bet my buddy that he couldn't run to this bar that was about a quarter mile from where we're staying pay for chug a beer and get back in less than five minutes spoiler alert he did it uh, and I, I gave him the hundred dollar on the spot. Like, I just want to clear the decks yeah. right there. Like, I don't, I don't want any outstanding debt. I don't want to even accidentally forget about it and then put him in a position a week later of being like, Hey Pete, remember when you bet me a hundred dollars that right. I could do that thing? Like, that's just how I am. But the people who are able to kind of have that debt hanging over their head, like it, it stresses me out just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I do like a side bet with like Leone or big T or something, and I normally lose. I just instantly just pay them and get it over with. Plus, you don't want to think about it anyways. Unless it's for a bit. My home league, I'm only in I'm only in one home league left, and I never pay. Like I, I wait and I go, I'm not paying this year, guys. I'm not paying. Until <laughs> <laughs> my buddy finally goes, Can you just spend the money? It is like it's funny too, because you know, being a commissioner is like a completely, you know, thankless job. Yeah. Um, there's no, like, what is the positives of being a commissioner? There's like literally none. You, um, you can cheat. <laughs> you can run off with the money. Yeah. I guess that's it. You put, you put the $1,200 into a high yield savings account <laughs> and you earn an extra $2 and 30 cents on that yeah. money. That's, that's my benefit. Yeah. That's about, that's about it. That you, and you I, can make, you, you could have a, I don't know if you have like a power thing. You yeah. can like decide, oh, that trade's not going through. Oh man. Did you I, I have done the thing? It was back during the first Bitcoin bull run. So what was that? 2018. I did have the Galaxy Brain idea with the league. I think actually, I think this is what happened, Brian. I was gonna float to the league. Let's put all of our collective dues in Bitcoin and you know, Bitcoin go burr. And then like that's just you know what the pot is. I think I got some pushback. And so me as the commissioner, I was like, I will just do this myself. And so literally it's just like blurring the accounting lines. Like, obviously I'm going to pay out the cash to whatever, but I'm like, I'll put an extra $1,200 at Bitcoin and see what happens. Um, yeah, that wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked out well for me to believe <laughs> that experiment. That's a good idea though. That's, that's another good scammer angle. You say, Hey, did you not see the league message board chat? where we said we we're going to put all the league dues in Dogecoin and then pay out. He's like, narrator, there's nothing left to pay you out now. 
I kind of like that idea though, taking the league dues and like put it on like a three a, a three leg single game parlay. Yeah. You just gotta you just all you always gotta keep running it up. That's that's the thing with a lot of that stuff too, where it, it does feel uh like funny money. So it's like might as well just uh keep rolling it up until it's gone. Uh but yeah, I didn't, you know, back to back, you know, scandals. I feel like they got uh, that Elvin guy got more bang for his buck. I mean, he had like 400 tweets about his. Um, and I'm sitting here looking back and like, how did I go wrong breaking this NFFC scandal? I I really let this die on the vine. I wonder if they're allowed to float. Like that's called floating in the insurance industry where they invest the the dues. And most insurance companies are investment companies. They're not insurance companies. Most people don't know that. But I wonder if, I wonder if they're allowed to do that at DraftKings. Um, because, or, or underdog, because like, I mean, you're not paying that money out for six months or whatever. So they could have a rolling investment fund as long as they have it backed up somehow. Right. I mean, but now, now we're starting to describe how like all of the crypto earn programs collapsed in the wake of the FTX scandal, where it was just like a Russian nesting doll of lending. And then it all came down and they're like, actually, we don't have that interest to pay you. The only, the, but the only difference between crypto and the insurance companies is crypto got caught with their pants down. <laughs> you know, like the, if the insurance, if there's a huge like disaster in America, the insurance companies won't be able to pay it out. Or if the stock market goes just drops significantly, it could it, all state could go under. Yeah, like so it's uh, it's the exact same. Floating's the exact same uh, thing. Some states tried to outlaw it, but never, never, never kept. But yeah. I mean, fantasy football is like a, a season long fantasy football is like a perfect vehicle for for because uh, the reason I'm thinking of it is because we were talking about that NFFC or whatever, and they own yeah they own that league safe. Where yeah, the, the parent company Sports Hub owns the, the league safe software. Which by the way is what that what's his name? Elvin or whatever. He just only joined leagues with league league safe league or something safe. similar, yes. pal, from now on. But I mean you could just if you get like you know 50% of the home league uh money in in into a company like that and then you invest it, you can make you can make some decent money. There you go. I mean, and then what, but then what are you doing when the, those investments go down and, uh, well, comes? you're just, you're just, you're paying it out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, if like you could, you could do like, uh, I'm sure, I don't, I don't know. I never fucking worked there, but I'm sure there's a process of so they hold, they hold a certain percentage for payouts because they can assume how much they're going to pay out generally speaking every year. Right. Cause it is it, what you're saying. It's different than an exchange in that regard where I can theoretically at any single time say, I want my money back and they have to have it one for one because I can just come request it. Whereas with the mechanics of a league, you know, that the payout isn't until January 6th, 2025. Sorry not to get political. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And just like the fractional reserve banking system, like they could pay out with other funds. Yeah. So like they could pay out the guys who just signed up. Yeah. For next year or whatever yeah yeah i'm i mean it sounds like a scam but this is how a lot of companies work and it is a scam i mean it's just called the funny thing is is i have in my uh in like my checking and savings account i did create uh, a separate one just to hold the league dues and it isn't because i've gone busto and won't be able to pay it out if i don't segment it out it's strictly for the psychological aspect of if I just like accept all of it on Venmo or whatever, and then I go throughout my year, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, I owe Ed $1,000 for winning the league. And I have to take that right out of my main account. It feels like it hurts. It's like, I just have to give this guy $1,000 of this yeah. money I already spent. So psychologically, and then what I do is I do just pay it out like that. And so I now just have a checking account that just has $1,200 in it in perpetuity. Nothing ever changes. But psychologically, I'm like, there's the money. And then you get it on the back end, Brian, because now I'll start getting the dues for this year, but it goes straight into the Venmo. This is just found money because the $1,200 already in that account. It never leaves, Brian. These are the psychological tricks. That I so wait, that's myself. just going to build up? You're just going to keep building oh, it? dude. I should look how much interest. That's I mean, your retirement account. Is your is your fancy <laughs> football Venmo savings? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, you know, yeah, if you rent, if you rent out, I'm sure, I'm sure Boston has the same thing where if you rent out your your place, you have to put the tenants' renters' deposit in a separate account and give them interest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, it happens that, everywhere. This is like very, very loosely related, but it reminded me of like uh, just like responsibility and and stuff like that, where I've heard stories of people who gave their season tickets to this. The story I heard was for Patriot season tickets and they let their friends go and they got belligerent and like got ejected from the stadium. I don't know if they got in a fight or what they did. And then who they go and look at the tickets. Whose tickets are these? They're X's and X's. And now you're the ones in trouble who get the year ban or have to whatever mm -hmm. the, the punishment is. And it's like shit like that. Even like no good deed goes unpunished. Like you have to be so careful uh, thinking through all those different angles. Yeah, especially these days. But yeah, I've heard, I heard that same stuff. I wonder if that's just like a growing uh, urban myth uh, at this it's point. But I heard the exact person. same. I heard the exact, it's the same person we know. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Season tickets, man, too much. Way too much to not price wise, but just to handle. Like you got to make sure you sell all the ones you don't have. And yeah. I, man, it's such, I went. Uh, so on Tuesday night, my brother-in-law invited me and my father-in-law to go to a Boston College uh, Syracuse men's basketball game at BC uh, on a Tuesday night. He's a big, he's a Syracuse alum, big Syracuse fan. So I was like, sure, I'll go. And I mean, it, it was just such an or, ordeal. Like getting there, the they have TV timeouts and stuff, of course. Neither of the teams are ranked, but it was still like this full thing. The game lasts forever. We get stuck in the parking garage getting out because the fucking parking garage at BC is like a bottleneck. And it, I was just like, I just, I don't like maybe when April gets older, I'll see the appeal of live sporting events, seeing them through her young eyes. But I mean, sporting events are just miserable, man. Wow. It's just really miserable. You're going to, I don't know if you might lose some followers after that take. Uh oh. No, I mean, I feel like that's kind of that's part of our brand around here. You don't wear a grown man's name on your back, mm -mm. and you you have a distaste for live sporting events. I mean, Brian, you won't even go on a trip. You won't I won't even watch trip. the games on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been watching. You've been watching YouTube cutups of break of Brock Bowers. That's what you've been watching. I used to. I went to the. Chicago NFL draft when it was here. That's that's how much I, I've grown, Pete. I've changed. So what what do you want the Bears to do? I don't, I mean, I I if Caleb Williams is, you know, an Andrew Luck whatever kind of generational t talent, then you trade Fields. But I don't know. I, I see all these tweets and now people have me guessing like that those the top three are pretty good and you could you could take any of them. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I think they're going to take uh, Caleb Williams. I did think it was funny that they released that video on their social media. I don't know if you saw this the other day. It was like this JF1 Justin Fields highlight video. And it like the implication was like, here's our franchise quarterback. And it's like you're about to pull the rug out from underneath this guy in a couple of months. That's that's just the uh, you know the staff the the the, the media staff in the offseason has nothing to do. Yeah, and he's doing his job, and they're like, man, he doesn't know. Does does Bobby know that we're definitely getting rid of this guy? I I also like the idea of like maybe in their heads that they are like boosting his trade value. It's like maybe a, a GM will just be scrolling Elon's oh. site. He'll see this cut up and be like, you know what? They're playing five is chess. pretty good. Yeah, here's five future round, first round picks. That video sold me. No <laughs> one in the Bears front office can think that far ahead. I, I <laughs> uh, do they uh, do they get a second rounder for Fields? Do you think maybe a late first? I mean, I I heard the second stuff. To me, like I feel like he's worth a first. I mean, think about how dire the quarterback situation was in the league this year. Yeah, not to mention. Half the league needs starting QBs. Everyone needs a good backup QB. Like you're telling me that it, that isn't worth a late first pick, a guy like Justin Fields. And then you also think about it with maybe if you're viewing it through the lens of you can never win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. And I don't know if I even agree with that premise, but he's at least entertaining, right? Like if you're trying to put fans in seats and have an entertaining product, Justin Fields is an entertaining quarterback to watch. Like I can name 
a shit ton of other quarterbacks I want to watch much less than I would, you know, Justin Fields. So uh, to me, that's worth something. True. Yeah. Um, Hey, Brandon Katz, if you want to bet, buddy, we can Venmo money to League Safe. You, escrow money there. See what is, happens. Is Brandon's take that they're just going to put him on the bench, let his rookie contract end, and he will just become a free agent with the with them receiving no compensation? He just, he just says they won't get more than a third rounder. I will. I will take the higher on that. Yeah, I'll take the over on that. There's not enough good QBs. He's he's shown enough. Um, I love, I love this, uh, sports talk radio. I know this is what happens when you start flexing all of your ball knowledge. Then we're forced into having sports talk radio conversations about Justin Fields value. That might be the most unlulls conversation ever. What should Justin Fields command? <laughs> uh, hey, this is Brandon, uh, from, uh, Northern Peoria. He's not worth a sixth. How do you think you're going to get a fucking first for him? <laughs> Long time listener, last time listener, fuck off. <laughs> is that is that how sports radio goes these days? Basically, I, I mean, who's calling <laughs> in sports radio now? Jesus, uh, I have no clue. Did you? I did see it. I saw a clip. Like it is heartwarming. Uh, I I saw this clip of the Chiefs play by play. His like Twitter bio was like Voice of the Chiefs. And he was doing the play-by-play call after MVS made that catch against the Ravens that sealed the game. And he was just so passionate. Just so it is kind of cool where, you know, in this era where, you know, journalists have to be journalists and no chairing in the press box, like these guys who are the broadcasters for the teams, they're just the biggest homers the world has ever seen because that's what the fans want to listen to. Right. They don't want an objective analysis. They want them to say every single call was a bullshit call that didn't go in their favor. Yeah, it all that makes sense too because the only reason you're a fan is because because your your evolutionary tribal instincts like deem it so. Like you're not you're not a fan through logic. You know, maybe no. you're a fan through uh, tradition of your dad or something like that. But like, there's no reason to be a fan. I've gone over this many times. So like. If everyone there is just tribal idiots <laughs> wearing a grown man's name on their back for some reason, another man, another grown man's name on your back, you got to have the super Homer uh, announcer. But, you know, Hawk Harrelson here in Chicago before he retired took a lot of shit for being like the biggest Homer on the planet. Really? Yeah. Like people want, actual fans wanted him to be more objective. But, but more than I think about it, it might have been Cubs fans and like, and like national fans. Shit yeah. Man, the Cubs, you guys have had some uh you guys have had some uh notorious announcers over the years. Cubs? Yeah. I mean Harry Carey. Harry Carey, that's the only <laughs> other one I could think of. I guess Chip Carey's pretty popular and Steve Stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Harry Carey was there forever, so yeah. It's such a bygone era. I mean, even growing up when we would watch Broncos games, we would in my house, like my dad would put the TV on mute and then we would listen to the local radio and we would deal with even a slight lag. Yeah. Uh, just because it was like, no, we want to hear 850 KOA broadcast right. this game and not these biased mainstream national announcers. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, I mean, in, uh, in our defense, the, the, especially Fox, but just all football announcers are the worst. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, like some of the national ones are okay sometimes, but like when you don't, when you get the B team or the C team doing your, your, your team's coverage, oh, I can't, especially when they're like former defensive linemen or something. It's like, Oh my God, I got, I'm mute. Actually, I don't, I don't even watch. It's, it's red zone. It's, it, you, it's only red zone now. I saw a thing that they're uh, expanding the NBA draft to two nights now, um, which that seemed like a, a response to a question no one was asking for. But uh, yeah, yeah. How about like less time? You know, You're right? About- I mean, and that's at least like 
the NFL, right, with and obviously I'm biased, but with fantasy, it's like the running backs who go in rounds two, three, and four. That's still really interesting for it's like which one of these guys could be a starter. With like the NBA, it's like the first five guys are off the board, and then it gets like boring really fast. Like, right. what are the odds of anyone after that actually being a big time contributor? They, it's just it's pretty low, but NFL. I mean they do happen, but like they're there's yeah, your 23rd, your 23rd first pick in the first round is has like a very little chance of doing anything. Yeah. They they should do the first 10 picks and then call it a day. Yeah, but like I guess if they're making money, I mean I'm I want them to try new things, but that sounds like the the dumbest thing. What like hopefully that the streaming wars pick up soon and we get some innovation because I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the product it's basically the same thing they had 20 years ago yeah let me check in on the chat brandon we have we've stopped we've moved on from talking about what justin fields can <laughs> command on the trade we have, we've moved on we've already spent far too much time on this uh travis petty what's the latest dfs drama travis you didn't hear the sims won brain players uh all lost they packed it up and went home that was the news right brian I guess. I mean, yeah. Travis still plays for some reason. He's well. He's now donating to all the sim players. Um, <laughs> how's how's your how's your season going, uh, Travis? If you don't mind sharing, yeah. Out of curiosity, he could be killing. I don't know. Yeah, and actually, uh, I don't think I don't think YouTube chat will allow you to upload a 10.99 miss as an attachment. <laughs> but if you could actually just post that on Twitter, <laughs> we'll get a real accurate look on how your year went you know just do your last three years rolling average yeah last three years so we can graph and, it out and if you like bought a new mouse i don't want to see that you know as a write-off on there i, I do just want to see what you <laughs> actually won do you have do you have a take on this this is the other the other thing lately of you know brady displacing greg olson as the color guy for the Fox broadcast coming up, people really started to come around on liking Greg Olson. And now there's a lot of debate uh, about it. Apparently. All I can think about is his college rap band uh, where he was G Reg and the seven flow crew. So I, I forget that this always comes up, when we talk about Greg Olson. That's all <laughs> I can think of. Whenever I see him, I go G Reg. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it, it's, I do think, it sounds like, you know, someone like Brady, right? Like if he wants to be really good at something, he can be. I am just curious like how motivated he is to be good at it. But I I feel like a guy like Brady, when he hears all the chatter of like, man, Greg Olson's really good. This is kind of a bummer that they're getting rid of Greg Olson. Then he's like, fuck it. I'm waking up at 4 a.m. And I'm studying all of the greats. I'm going to watch back and do silent commentary in my cave to become the best broadcaster we've ever seen. Maybe I need to le- give a give him a few minutes try honestly, but like I feel like like it's like saying there's a good news person on MSNBC or something. It's like they all suck. They're never going to put anyone interesting on there, you know. Like if you want news, you need need to listen to podcasts or something. Then you'll get somebody interesting with actual well, knowledge or something. They're just well. Do you remember how quickly everyone turned on um, uh, Tony Romo? It was like the, his first few he games was, are like Tony Romo's tipping the plays. Oh my God. He's seeing things. None of us would have seen. This is so cool. An inside peek into the mind. And then everyone's like, Tony Romo fucking sucks. You know, like everyone turned on him so quickly. They did. He was, I thought he was pretty good when he first started the, the, um, I think like the, the idea that you need X players. I don't agree with at all. I, I, I think they're just, they're just, they're just meat, you know. They're just big body <laughs> bodies that are used to bang into each other. They're big, strong. They could lift weights. They're not. They're not talkers. Not interesting. Well, and that's the thing. I think people think like what they want. What people want from Brady is like spilling the tea in the gossip, talking shit about this quarterback's like throwing motion. Like that's the like the stuff that people would love. He's not going to do that. Like he, he, he like cares about his reputation too much, yeah. playing it nice. Like I'm not saying he's not going to have unique insights. He obviously will. But what people I think actually want, they want a Pat McAfee on there to go on and just like talk a bunch of shit and right. stir up drama. That's what they think they're getting. You're not getting that from Tom Brady. And it made sure because remember when Jerome Bennis for, first started 10, 15 years ago, he spilled 
just like a little tidbit from the locker room and like yeah. the entire league came out against him and, and was shunning him. And another example is the, the journalists. Like the journalists knew the players were all doing roids. Like they knew all this stuff. They didn't, they just made cover stories for them. Like it was yeah. all it, like they're Cause they don't want to, they don't want to, uh, you know, what's that? What's the saying? You know, the, the golden goose, like they don't want to get, they don't want to get rid of their sources. They don't want to piss anyone. They see these guys every day, like Mickey Mantle, right? The classic Mickey, everyone knew Mickey Mantle was a drunk, but they didn't do anything about it or say anything about it. Cause he's Mickey Mantle and they don't want to make him mad. Jordan also treated with kid gloves, you know? Um, and then whenever they would have like some little story, they just, the journalist gets hammered. So there's never enough incentive for them, for that, for them to be on there. So yeah, you get, you get the, the ex players who are supposed to give you this inside information. And I mean, Peyton Manning and Romo in the beginning, it did seem like they had some like interesting takes on like how the game was play was going to be played, but. I'd much rather just have someone I like who's interesting and like sports comment on the game. Well, and what's crazy too, you know, they give him, you know, this super fat contract and the, the thought, right. For, I assume from their perspective is he is going to be a draw in and of himself. Like people tune in from the games, but even extra people will like want to tune in to hear what Tom Brady says. Like the novelty of that, no matter how interesting you are, like wears off very quickly. If, Holy cow, Tom Brady's broadcasting a game. Like this is a multi-year contract too. It's like, you would have been better off just being like, Hey, what if you just drop in like once a year to one game? And it's like, this is the Tom Brady game. And we pay you like $3 million for one game a year. And it becomes this big event and you can schedule it. And it's maybe it's a new England game or where Belichick goes and like you build up the drama to it. And then I'm like, all right, this is kind of interesting. Maybe he's going to unload all of his, you know, interesting tidbits in yeah. this spot. Whereas like every single week of Tom Brady, it's like, well, now you're just part of the big industrial broadcasting complex. That's a good idea. I'd like to see like play call, the play call percentage that he gets right. Or Tony Romo, like, okay, do you actually know, like, what's a little ticker happen? showing his hit yeah. rate? He's like sixty percent correct. Like, and also sports betting too. Like, you would think these experts would, you know, be able to pick winners, right? If they're, if they're, you know, we have to have ex athletes. Do you do you think that this is just our echo chamber or just our small circle? And what really moves the needle is ex-athletes because just dummies like ex-athletes like with LeBron getting this deal with DraftKings like in my head like there's no way that can make them money like however much they paid them I doubt anyone's going to want to gamble because LeBron James just signed with DraftKings but maybe I'm wrong so I I think he will convert for them I was it's interesting I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it and I'm like you know LeBron is, you know, rich beyond our wildest imaginations. He can literally go get, you know, seven, eight figure probably marketing deals with basically any company he wants. It's interesting to me that he's willing to take on some of the reputational risk that comes with being associated with gambling. I mean, 60 Minutes just ran a fucking problem gambling segment when he can go, he could do Mercedes, he could do Apple, he could literally all of these other unproblematic companies where there's no like risk of issues with that. Like it, does it surprise you at all that there was a number that he would agree to, to get into bed with DraftKings? No, that didn't surprise me. So what, but do you agree with my premise that he could go get a similar deal with like any other major company that doesn't have kind of that stigma associated with it? I, I disagree with the stigma. I'm just like putting myself from like yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. standpoint. Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, he can get a. I'm sure he gets offers every day. You would think, right? For people yeah. to sponsor, so they must have. They must have just backed up a dump truck into his driveway. Because also after that, what's his? Uh, how do you pronounce it? Keyshawn, Keyshawn Butte, or what was? How do you pronounce that former LSU guy who was betting on himself? The the hero. Yeah. Hang on. I'm putting Brandon in a timeout in the chat. He's been having a rough show. Um, All right. Brandon just got put in a timeout. And my words to him, come back better, stronger, wiser. <laughs> um, but I, sorry, what what were you saying? Uh, the, the I can't remember. Oh, the Keyshawn Butte. Is that how you pronounce the guy's name? Who got, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the oppressed hero. Um, 
anyways, just, just that story comes out, you know, there's been stories of like players gambling. It's bad PR. You figure someone like LeBron, like to your point with the stigma of like, Oh shit, guys are getting, you know, this isn't a bad look right now. So they must've dumped a, uh, a, a truckload of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it has to be like an, like, like what the, the number I had in my head, I was guessing a hundred million. Do you think higher or lower on that? So did they get rid of Kevin Hart? Is that that's deal good, up? That's a good question. That's another one. Like, I, I mean, I feel like these people are living in 2005, like with all this stuff, it's just old, yeah. you know, old execs who just, they're, they have not figured it out yet. And they're just going yeah. with the, no, you sign, uh, you sign Michael Jordan. You just do what, and like, I don't think young people give a shit. And uh, I certainly don't, but um, I mean, I guess people in their forties or older, maybe they still do. Um, but there's no way they're getting, I, I can't see. I, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, I think I kind of agree with you in that if LeBron James just like acted like a sports betting influencer. It was like, Hey, I'm posting on Alabama tonight. Tail me here. Or I put together this, you know, single game parlay for March madness. Here's the link. And Oh, I'm going to do a live stream tonight. Sweating it. Dude would convert like fucking bananas, but I don't think he's doing that. <laughs> right. Like what can he even do? Yeah. What can he even say? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I assume it's going to be like Kevin Hart, right? Like, I didn't follow Kevin Hart's socials. Was he tweeting out links to the sportsbook, or was he just doing commercials? He was doing commercials, but he was acting like he was betting on the game. Right. And he would win, and and then, you know, uh, oh, give me my bonus for my first bet, you know, do, and then give whatever the promo is to sign him up. Right. Like, I don't think he can – LeBron can act like he's betting on games and winning. Right. It'll be interesting yeah, I mean, to see how they use him. Yeah. Is it just is it just, is it just he's taking a few shots in the gym with his DraftKings jersey on and they're like, you know, and then there's a there's a there's a narrator who who does the promo and talks about how great LeBron is, but LeBron's not saying anything, he's just playing basketball and then at the end he turns around and goes, DraftKings, America's number one sports book, you know, well, just stupid shit like that. I think that that's a good point because the way they announced it and I don't know if that's like legal terminology, like the partner stuff, but they did make it seem like he was going to be doing more influencing as opposed to just paying him to be in a commercial, right? Like when Tom Hanks gets paid to be in a commercial for a car or whatever, like he's not embedding that car into his lifestyle and like everything he does publicly in the way that a lot of these gambling partners do. If I was King Pete, which I should be, um, I would use this promotion. And then that guy who like is sitting there like, Oh, LeBron James uses DraftKings. Now I'm going to use DraftKings. You get that guy and you deport him immediately. So like you use this at, or jail, either jail or just out of the country. And you just round them all up, all these dummies and you get rid of them. And the country will be so much better. How, how fun would this data be to have? So like, let's assume there's some kind of like, user survey when you sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook and it has the classic drop-down question, how did you hear right. about us? And you, you type in LeBron, LeBron. James. And yeah. then you get to see a data set for how those uh, users performed in the Sportsbook. I mean, you, like, would you have a single long-term winning player from someone who was referred to the Sportsbook by LeBron James? I'm just picturing as soon as you click that, the secret police knock on your door like immediately. Um, I'll call them, I'll call mine, my secret piece, the Mingos. Like, the like no, no one's going to be bet. The process isn't ever going to have on, uh, a, a come up story of like, how did you become a professional gambler? Well, saw this Kevin Hart ad on DraftKings. <laughs> Next thing you know, I was watching captain Jack videos, grinding out sportsbook bonuses. And now here I am. <sighs> I mean, I could see, like, I saw a commercial Kevin Hart yeah. was in it. Yeah. But like to make that be some sort of like now I trust him because Kevin Hart is doing it and or LeBron's doing it. So now I really wanted to gamble like that person. Yeah. Uh, gone out of my kingdom.
yeah, that's what that's why I do really think it would be interesting to know what else is in his contract for like deliverables with that stuff um, beyond just showing up. Because I think, yeah, if you did actually have a, a really smart marketing plan of how to embed him and he swings by on like a show where like so Matthew from you know uh matthew barry he has his segment on nbc sports night where he gives out like his picks and stuff and it's like integrated into the programming and i bet that converts pretty well um i just don't think lebron's going to be doing anything like that especially since i would just think barstool would convert tons more people and it seems like that was a big failure obviously they probably paid them more but if you're paying 100 million to lebron it just seems but what about this angle this has nothing to do with conversions. It's purely just obviously brand, but their big, huge thing is, is, is regulation, right? They're, they're in a skin industry. They're, they're clearly fighting their competition to try to minimize them and, and, and cause them all sorts of problems. So like a big part of their game forever will be, dealing with the state and the feds and regulation. And if you got LeBron James, those idiots actually pay attention to that. Like they love athletes. They love getting free tickets. When I was there, that was a big part of it. Like when the athletes would come to the Capitol, it'd be like, Oh wow. Look at this fucking morons here. And so like, maybe it's like they're using it, you know, maybe it'll convert some people, gives them a brand recognition and they got, they got the big boy for the big company. This is going to be the prestige that they that they could use. You know, the lobbyists are there and like, yeah, we got LeBron. Did you hear about that? Oh, wow. That's great. That That's that's an angle I hadn't think, you know, the how much it legitimizes it. Um, because it goes like, again, to LeBron. Like LeBron wouldn't be doing this deal with a cannabis company, right? Weed's legal. You know, he's at, but I bet a cannabis company would be very, very excited to have LeBron James on board for some of those legalization purposes and some of that stuff of like, holy cow, LeBron's doing it. Like destigmatizes all of the, the voodoo stuff about it. Oh, I'm sure they would, they would love to have him. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that hundred million. Cause what was the bar stool deal? 500 million or the overall. Yeah. yeah. But that included like all of the. There's a lot more to that. There's a way more to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. one fifth of that, you got to expect, you got to expect some return. I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking to my tweet. That's where our, that's where our rewards program, right? Right in LeBron's pocket. Yeah, so if you needed more reason to hate LeBron. It is, it is a tough seat. It's like <laughs> these, these button clickers in our DFS game. You know, we were, we were giving out too many crowds, but here's a hundred mil for, for LeBron or whatever. Right. Right. Right, which is going to do what? What's it going to do? Nothing. It, um, and it goes back to some of that stuff we were talking about last week, too, of, you know, I still think even at scale, even when you're a big company, you know, really catering to your users who spend the most time on your app. And I guarantee if they had next to each user, and maybe I'm sure they do have that internal data, right? How much time is Brian Hooper on DraftKings.com? Like the amount of time you spend on that site relative to any single sports better, it's probably unfathomable how much you dwarf their time spent on the site. Probably, probably, yeah. Um, th- there has to be studies on this too. I'm just, I would love to see some modern study on whether the signing, they, it just seems so archaic to me. <laughs> yeah. That- this strategy, like, it, I, don't, like I don't see it winning nowadays. It, it's it's a natural extension of what DraftKings strategy has been. We were talking about that with underdog and prize picks and all these other sites go into all of these niches. They pair up with, um, you know, video game streamers, you know, gambling creators, fantasy football creators. Like they're going hyper niche with their strategy. And DraftKings is just like never done that. They've always gone. We will get spokesmen. We will get, you know, whatever. Like they've just had a completely different strategy yeah but i mean if you think your big part of this is just dealing with politicians they might help you yeah and it is a big part of it but i mean they have a lot of competition with the sports book they don't have much competition with dfs right now 
I kind of like your take. If your thought is when you're doing the accounting for the LeBron James thing, you're in a way you're almost like he's like half lobbyist, half promoter, right? Like it's the same idea of like if you're paying lobbyists to legitimize you or ba- it's like the LeBron carrot has to carry a pretty good, uh, you know, pull some weight. And if if you assume 95% of the the people have gotten their accounts now already, you know, like the run was the first year and a half of getting, you know, trying to get everyone signed up to your, to your sports book and not bet rivers or FanDuel, but that's kind of over. Well then he, you know, he's not converting anyone. No one's converting anyone. Yeah. So let's just get the, the personality that that's going to help us, you know, get our name into the right people. And I, again, these sports books have way more data on it right. than I do, but I, I still feel like the converting versus actually creating sticky users and engaging them, like there's a huge difference in that. Like you can get a lot of people to come on, get a free bet, a risk-free bet, burn through it. Because it's like at this point with how easy it was to gamble illegally, whether with offshore books, all the other types of markets, whether it be fantasy football, whatever, like if you're just now getting on a site now, what is going to make that specific experience sticky for you? It's like, oh, well, now that I have an account, I'm going to spend all my time and disposable income here. Like it, to me, you actually have to be engaging them, finding ways to keep them on the site. How does a LeBron James do that? He doesn't. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, I think, I wonder if they hired some sort of like sports book exec to run like most of the operation because it feels like D, uh, DFS, their DFS product is also more, they're treating it more like a sports better where they don't necessarily care as much about that, that, that uh, the player you're talking about, who's like going to state the power user kind of. Yeah. And so uh, maybe like someone there is just making like th- treating it like sports book. I'm like, yeah, you don't need rewards or rake back or whatever. It's just like they're going to play until they lose their money, and then that's it. You yeah. know, just like all the other sports book users. It it is funny as Alex is saying with you know LeBron, you know, being based in LA, it's not even it's not even legal uh, in California either. It's pretty wild. That is strange. That is real strange. That now we need a video of like the time Levitan and I shot the video of having to drive over to Prim from Las Vegas so he could make WNBA lineups. We need LeBron, you know, driving to the border, you know, to place his DraftKings bets. That'd be good content. Can you, can he even bet? I don't even know if the NBA will let him. He can, he can bet on NFL, right? Can he? Yeah, I think so. I remember back in the day, like just the, uh, the college football brackets, uh, college basketball brackets were like a big deal of, player got caught doing one of those oh um all right brian uh anything else going on in your world uh i oh a little housekeeping thing uh i don't think we're gonna have a show next week i'm headed out to arizona with underdog for the super bowl and i will be on a flight at our usual time i don't know brian maybe a a classic solo twitch stream from brian maybe i'll pull something off um so you're gonna be at the game at the big game huh no no no. it's not even so the past couple years underdog has posted up in the city where the super bowl is at this year i think it was like nuts getting stuff in vegas so we're actually going to the same place that we did last year in arizona because they had this sweet like compound with these houses there in scottsdale and so they're like let's just run that back because we didn't go to the game anyways it's just to do content parties and stuff like that so but yeah, I'll be out there. And you don't got to deal with all the travelers. I know. That's what I was excited about because the, yeah. the airport was a zoo last year when I was coming and going, and now I won't have to deal with that. Although there is waste management open when we're there. So there oh, is Oh, you should go to that. We did. We went last year. I think we'll oh, go for a day. It's sweet. fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that I would go to. That would be fun. Yeah, it is. It's quite, That was uh, last year. It was, I think it made national news. It was the the streaker who then jumped into the one of the ponds. Do you remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because that guy was getting zip tied it as we walked in. And so I hadn't seen the news or anything. I just saw this guy like almost butt naked getting zip tied. I was like, that guy had a day. And then I log on social later in the evening. I was like, oh yeah, he did have quite a day. 
<laughs> uh, that that is a great sporting event, man. I hope yeah. no one ruins it. Um, anything else though? Uh, on your end, Brian? Nah, we got uh, MMA on Saturday this week. Is it a good slate? Um, no, I don't think so. I looked at some of the names. It's a smaller one, but whatever. It's MMA. It's MMA. Uh, all right. If you guys want to uh, hop in the Discord, Deposit Kingdom Discord, we got a Lulz channel. If you ever have uh, show topics or things you'd like us to discuss, that's the best place to drop them. We basically use that as a, a tips hotline. See uh, what you guys think would be good fodder for a Lulz show. You guys are usually on point with that stuff. Um, yeah, other than that, guys, uh, just be sure to pay your, your league dues if you're a commissioner, you know, in prompt order. Next thing you know, you might be on the phone threatening one of the drafters in your league's lives. You know, it's a slippery slope. Uh, for Brian, I'm Pete. This is Lowell's. We'll see you guys next time. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.